Now, today, I'm teaching on what I've entitled the honor code. The honor code. Hallelujah. The honor code. Say the honor code. Say the honor code. Hallelujah. Now, we want to understand from the scripture and from the word of God how it is that some people are so blessed and others are not. Amen? Yeah. When you pick two Christians, you are able to tell that this one is really blessed than this one. We want to get into scripture and find out why. Why does it happen that way? Why does it happen that way? Now, Jesus says something in scripture. He said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. That means in the kingdom of God, there are keys. There are what? Keys. Now, something that you must know, something very important is that Jesus Christ is presented to us in scripture in two dimensions. What I mean is that there is the person of Jesus Christ. The person of Jesus Christ. The personality of Jesus Christ. Which includes his name. Now, the person of Jesus Christ brings you salvation. The Bible says at the name of, at the mention of the name Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. And the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. Romans chapter 10 verses 10. Salvation comes from confession and conviction, believing in your heart. Praise the Lord Jesus. Now, there is also the principles of Jesus Christ. The principles are the instructions of Jesus Christ. His words. His teachings. Now, the personality of Jesus Christ leads to salvation. The principles of Jesus Christ leads to success in the life of the Christian. So there are those that have accepted Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior but are not successful because his name will save you but his principles will make you successful. So there are those that have Jesus as Lord and personal Savior but are not successful. And there are those, for example, the world they have seen that the principles, the teachings of Jesus Christ makes people successful. So there are those that practice the teachings of Jesus Christ. For example, there's a principle of Jesus Christ. There's a leadership principle um, called the principle of delegation. The principle of delegation, Matthew chapter 10 verses 1. Bible says that um, Jesus called 12 to himself and he gave them power over demons and uh, gave them power over uh, principalities and so on and so forth. And they represented him. That's the principle of delegation. 
And there are those that have accepted this principle. They are using it to run organizations and all of that. So, in team selection, if you want to do more, you need to recruit people. You need to train them. They need to be skilled. Because more people can achieve more. Amen. So, that's a principle. Jesus is the one that exemplified that principle. He wanted to achieve a goal, but he didn't go alone. He chose 12 people. He empowered them. Can you give me that scripture? Matthew chapter 10 verse 1. He empowered them. Skill sets. Gave them education. Gave them empowerment. And then 12 people happened to do much more. Even in his absence. You see, Matthew 10 1. Jesus called his 12 disciples. The word disciple is the word mathetes in Greek. It means a trainee apprentice. So Jesus did not just call people and then deploy them. He trained them. Disciple is someone who has gone through training to learn a skill. Praise the Lord Jesus. So Jesus had this principle that if I'm going to achieve the goal of saving the world, I need to recruit people, train them, and deploy them because in that principle, I can achieve more. That's not the person of Jesus Christ. That's a principle. Now, Bible says Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirit and to heal, and to heal um, every disease and sickness. So that's a principle. There are many companies, organizations that use this principle. There's a CEO, there's a general manager, there is marketing manager. All these are people that are inculcated into their structure and deployed so that the company can achieve much. Hallelujah. So that's principle. So you can know Jesus without applying his principle. You know, the other day, Jesus told the disciples who were following him. I think John chapter 8, he said, to the disciples who are following him. He said, until you continue in my word, in my principles, then are you my disciples indeed. You will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. The principles <laughs> set you free. Amen. So there are those that believe in Jesus, but there's, their life is nothing to uh, go by. Because all they know is Jesus has saved my spirit. But his teachings, they don't know his teachings, his principles. Jesus operated by principles while he was on earth. The principle of prayer, Mark 1.35. Bible says that early in the morning, Jesus will rise up and do what? Pray. Jesus operated by principles. So you can accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. And yet you are not praying it means you have Jesus, the person of Jesus, but you are not practicing the principle of Jesus Christ. Jesus fasted. That's a principle. It's a spiritual principle. So the principles of Jesus Christ lead to success, make you prosper. Hallelujah. And there's a principle in the Bible that will lead to your blessing. And that principle is the principle of Anna. Say Anna. Say Anna. Now, a code, write this down, a code 
is a set of rules about how people should behave. A code is a set of rules about how people should behave. So we have code of ethics. We have code of dressing. Because a code influences behavior. Praise the Lord Jesus. And in the kingdom of God, we've been talking about the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, Anna is a code. A code is also something that gives you access to hidden treasures. So if you have a safe, right? A safe is something that we keep precious things in. If you have a safe, to access the safe, you need a code. So a code gives you access to treasures, valuable things. Praise the Lord Jesus. So Anna is a code. It is a code that influences our behavior. It means that in the kingdom of God, we must have a behavior of Anna. Without Anna, we cannot access certain defined blessings in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Now, write this down. Anna means recognizing the importance of someone special in your life. Recognizing the importance of someone special in your life. And recognizing how valuable the person is to you. I'll take it again. Anna means recognizing the importance of someone special in your life. And recognizing how valuable someone is to you. It means that before you can honor, there is the need for you to recognize to be able to see, to be able to know. That means recognition precedes Anna. Say it after me. Recognition precedes Anna. So what you can't recognize, you cannot Anna. So before you can Anna someone, you must be able to recognize their value in your life. Praise the Lord Jesus. Now, it also means, according to the Cambridge Dictionary, Anna means showing great respect for someone, especially in public. Showing great respect for someone, especially in public. Now, let's go into the Greek to find out what Anna means. The reason why um, we use the Greek in explaining scripture is that the New Testament was first written in the Greek language. Hallelujah. And then the Old Testament was first written in Aramaic and then Hebrew. So the original meanings of words are found in these languages because these languages are the original text and they carry the deeper meaning. So, the Greek word for Anna is the word Timayo. Timayo, T-I-M-A-O. Timayo. And Timayo means to fix a price. To fix a price. To, to place a price on something. Timayo also means to put value on something. It means that honor has to do with value. It has to do with pricing. Pricing. 
So when we say you honor someone, it means you are able to tell that this is the price of this person. Without being able to evaluate someone, you cannot honor them. If you don't place a price on someone, you cannot truly honor them. For example, if someone is married and they have a house help, the price you put on your wife is different from the price you put on your house help. Though they are all female. So what makes you appreciate your wife more is first of all the price the value so honor comes from value it comes from price so whatever you don't have a price for you cannot honor hallelujah and whatever you can honor is because you have estimated you have placed a value on hallelujah So, honor has to do with value. It has to do with estimation. It has to do with fixing a price. Now, let's look at Malachi chapter 6 verse 1. Malachi chapter 6 verse 1. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says, A son honors his father. A son honors his father. And a slave is master. If I am a father... Where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me? Says the Lord Almighty. So God, usually in the scripture, God is a spirit. But he uses our physical setting to teach us. Praise the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus did that a lot. Most of his teachings, he used things that are in our environment. Because they bring us greater understanding. So God is speaking from the heavens. And he says that sons owe their fathers honor. And masters, slaves owe their masters honor. He says, if I am a father. God is saying, if I am your father. Then where is my honor? Where is my respect? Where is my reverence? Where is my value? Praise the Lord Jesus. Because you place a certain value on fathers and masters. And what a son owes the father is what? Anna. Because a father carries something the son needs spiritually. And the only way that the son can have access to that thing is through the code. The code of what? Anna. Hallelujah. That's how powerful honor is. So before you can honor your father, you must be able to know the value of your father in your life. Now, there are people who say, well, uh, my father didn't take care of me, so I can't really respect him. It means you don't understand the value of your father. You don't know his actual estimate. If the estimation of your father is the fact that he needs to pay your school fees and he needs to give you money. That's a low estimation of your father. The word father means source of life. Source of life. So even if your father never gives you a penny, your very existence depends on him. Are you following the teaching at all? You are here because he brought you into the world. And no amount of money can pay for that. 
So when you have a proper estimation of your father, you cannot say that he has not done ABC, so I cannot honor him. He has already brought you into the world, which is something no amount of money can pay for. See the honor code. So you must know the true estimation of people in order to honor them. And God is saying that if I am your father, where is my honor? What he's trying to say is that I'm the source of your existence. You are here because I brought you here. And if I brought you here, then I deserve honor. Hallelujah. So you give honor to people because of the value. The value, the, the price that is placed on them in your life. So the first, um, we are encouraged from the Bible to honor God as the first um as a first point of honor, you honor God. And that's what we find in Malachi chapter 6 verse 1. You must honor God. How can you honor God? You honor God by honoring the words of his son, Jesus Christ. Doing the will of his son, Jesus Christ. That's how you honor God. And that can be found in Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 to 20. Where Jesus, his last words, he says, go into all the world, preach the gospel, disciple nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So anybody that obeys that instruction, you are giving honor to God. Hallelujah. Because God has glorified the Son, Jesus Christ. And so if you honor Jesus Christ, if you respect Jesus Christ, you would obey his words hallelujah so the more we obey his words the, the more we worship him the more we serve him we are giving honor that's a way to honor why because jesus has some value in our life remember honor means value placing value on someone what is the value of jesus christ in your life what is his value what is his value? Who can answer that? I mean, personally to you, what is his value in your life? Can I get someone responding? What is the value of Jesus Christ in your life? What, 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 how valuable is he? What has he done for you? Rebecca, what has, what's the value of Jesus? If you want to estimate his value, can you give her a microphone? If you want to estimate the value of Jesus Christ, what is it? What has he done for you? Thank okay. you for the opportunity. I actually can't really estimate the value because Jesus Christ has done so much for me. So I can't really put a price on yeah. it. To like, yeah. It's just too much. Yeah. Thank you. It's too much. That's, that's the value of Jesus Christ to her. It's too much. The value of Jesus Christ in my life is the salvation. He saved me. And no amount of money could have done that. No amount of cars could have done that. And that's, that's something really valuable. He saved my soul. Hallelujah. For some people, the value of Jesus Christ is that he healed them. 
For some people, the value of Jesus Christ is that he provided for them. Praise the Lord Jesus. So the value you place on someone inspires the honor. Honor is about value. Hallelujah. It's about value. So if you don't value someone, you can't honor them. You must first determine the value. How much is Jesus worth to you in dollars? How much? If, if we are going to buy Jesus right now, how much are we going to pay? That's when you begin to see, wow, this, this man is really valuable. Because if you have $100 million, do you think we, we can buy Jesus from God? $100 million. No. It's nothing in heaven. So, how much honor are we supposed to give Jesus? Every honor available because he's priceless. Like Rebecca said, he's priceless. So we honor God by honoring Jesus Christ, obeying his command. Now, the Bible also encourages us to honor our prophets, our men of God. Bible encourages you to honor your man of God. Now, who is your prophet? Your prophet is your pastor or the one that brings you the word of God or the one that God has sent into your life. Your pastor, the one that brings you the word of God and the one that God has sent into your life. Now, when we say man of God, your man of God is an oracle of God in your life. Is an oracle of God in your life. First Peter 4, 10 to 11. First Peter 4, 10 to 11. Let's read it. It says, as every man has received a gift. As every man had received the gift. Even so, minister the same one to another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Verses 11. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. So those who have received the gifts of God, the calling of God, the Bible says that they must speak as oracles because God sees them as oracles. So your man of God is an oracle. Who is an oracle? Write this down. An oracle is a person through whom a God is believed to speak. It's a person. An oracle is not a spirit. It's a person. But it is believed that God speaks through this person. So if you have a man of God in your life, one of the values of a man of God is that God speaks through him to you. You know, sometimes you can come to church. A man of God will preach a message. And then you begin to wonder who went to talk to him about me. Has it happened to you before? Yes. Who went to talk to him? Uh, you know, one day I was preaching and then after church, a lady came to me and said, I just said everything is like, um, how did I know the situation she found herself in? Because I kept talking about it and I kept moving in that direction. Like when I preach, I, you know. And unfortunately for her, what I was talking about was a sin that she, was, she found herself in. So she was not comfortable at all. 
And I kept talking about it. I kept talking about it. I kept talking. So after church, she came to me and she said, oh, if there is anything like that, I should have called her privately. But she's not happy that I was mentioning her issue in public. Hallelujah. But I was, you see, I was operating as an oracle. I was not even conscious that I was mentioning her case. So I just standing by her and I kept talking about, interestingly, the, the young lady had snatched somebody's husband and in the process of finally taking the husband to marry her you know so I was just preaching 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 then I just moved you see I just moved like the way I've moved towards Rebecca and I was just talking talk, I was just standing in front of her and talking talking and talking and after church she came to me she was quite furious she came to me she said pastor I mean if if God revealed this thing to you, I thought you would call me secretly and talk to me. And so what are you talking about? He said, you know what I'm talking about. You came to stand by me. You were pointing fingers and you said everything. <laughs> because men of God are oracles. Now you must perceive men of God as who they are. Not as what society paints them to be. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Society has presented men of God as people who, for example, if you if you have a child and you want someone to help you, name your child and you bring a man of God. If you're having a party, you want someone to lead the opening prayer so that you can play your jamming songs. You, you need, you know, people, there are people who don't really understand the principles of Jesus Christ. So they are going to have a party. They are going to have all kind of drinks. They are going to smoke. They are going to um, have naked girls and all of that but they think that they must start with prayer like the arm robbers who pray before they go and, 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 and do robbery Mercy. Amen. Amen there are some arm robbers that come to church on Sunday because Monday they have an operation hey. so pastor pray for me so that's his estimation of the man of God that's his estimation there was a lady who was carrying cocaine outside the country and he went to a, a man of God. He didn't really tell the man of God that he's, he's cocaine. But he went to a man of God with money and said, Oh, I, I'm doing a, you know, a business trip, so pray for me. That's his estimation. He sees the man of God as someone that... Some people also think that a man of God is someone that... You know, when it's about time to get married, I need someone who bless my marriage. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. That means they don't have a proper estimation. So, you know, you have reduced the person to how you are seeing them. So, perception is very important to honor. If you don't, if you don't perceive someone well, you can't honor them well. A man of God is an oracle. An oracle also means a medium between God and man. A medium. That means a man of God is a vessel that God can use at any point in time to bring a blessing into your life. Are you following the teaching? Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's who a man of God is. That's, who, that's the proper value of a man of God. So a man of God is an oracle. Now, the men that God has sent to us, they perform some rules in our life. Men of God perform some rules. Number one, the role of a man of God sent to you is for your prosperity. Your man of God is sent to you for your prosperity. Write that down. Your man of God is sent to you for your prosperity. 
is sent to you for your prosperity. Second Chronicles 20, 20. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoya. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. So shall ye be established. Believe also in his prophets. So shall you prosper. Wow. Hallelujah. So we discover here the value of a man of God in your life. Your prosperity is tied to a man of God. Hallelujah. This is the word of God. He said, believe in God, you'll be established. Believe also in his prophet, so you shall prosper. So your man of God is sent to you for your prosperity. God sends a man of God into your life because he wants you to prosper. He wants you to prosper in your academics. He wants you to prosper in your health. He wants you to prosper in every direction of your life. Number two, your man of God or prophet is sent into your life to liberate you from captivity. Captivity. Hosea chapter 12 verse 13. And by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet was he preserved. So when God wanted to save Israel from Egypt, he didn't send angels. He sent Moses. He sent Moses. So anytime a man of God comes your way, a certain bondage, captivity, you're about to be loosed. Praise the Lord Jesus. Sometimes people come to church, you know, they, they are struggling to get married. They are struggling to prosper. They are struggling to have academic excellence. That means they are in a certain captivity. But an encounter with the man of God can deliver you. Because that's how God has programmed the man of God. And, and then come deliver you from this. There are many people who, I mean, for many years, they were struggling to get married. But when they joined this church, a few interactions, and then God opens the door. Hallelujah. There are people struggling with their finances and all of that. An encounter with the man of God. It, it must not be so intentional. But just an encounter can send you out of captivity. Today, any person in captivity, I declare, may God lose you in the name of Jesus. Number three, your man of God is sent to you to feed you and bring you increase. To feed you and bring you increase. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15 to 16. Bible says, and I'll give you pastors according to my heart. Where do pastors come from? Do they come from Bible college? No. Look at, look at the source of pastors. Are pastors a group of people who, for example, when they finish school and they don't have anything to do? That's how people have estimate pastors. People say, oh, there are too many pastors. Have you heard that before? Yeah, there are too many pastors. Some also say, oh, pastors should go and find something else to do. Because people think that pastors are man-made people. They are people who just get up and say, I want to do the work of God. Jeremiah 3.15 says, I will give you pastors. Pastors are given by God. They are produced in the factory of heaven. And sent into earth on assignment for God. 
That's why when you speak against pastors, you have not spoken against men. You have spoken against the producer. It's like if you speak against an iPhone, the design of an iPhone, you are speaking against the intelligence of the one that created it. That's what Bible says. Who are you to judge another man's servant? Because God considers pastors as his product sent into the earth. And he expects that you honor them. Hallelujah. Yeah. Because, for example, someone like me, I've never been to Bible school, but I was sent by God. So pastors are not really people who have been to Bible school who have, no, 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 no. Pastors, according to the Bible, he said, I will give you pastors. This is in the Old Testament. So pastors are given by God. So if you respect God, then you must respect the people that he sent. He did not say, I will give you lawyers. Did you see lawyers there? He didn't say, I will give you beauticians. Did you see that? I will give you medical doctors. No. But he could have given all these sects of people. What do you think? What do you think? Yeah, it's very powerful. He said, I'll give you what? Pastors, not hairdressers. Or lecturers. Is he going to give us lecturers? No. So pastors come from who? God. So how can you say, I love God, I respect God, but I don't respect pastors? No, 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 that cannot be. Pastors come from who? God. They don't come from Bible school, they come from God. <laughs> they can go to Bible school, but that's not, that's not what makes them. God makes pastors, he fabricates them. God said to Jeremiah, he said, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you and I ordained you. So I'm, I created you as a pastor in heaven before you became a clot of blood. So Bible school doesn't validate pastors. The calling is God that validates pastors. I'm a, man, I'm a man sent from heaven. Hallelujah. Into the earth to be a blessing to humanity. That's why by listening, by listening to my words, you are blessed. Yes, you are blessed. Those who don't have any honor for men of God, they have no honor for God. That's exact. That's how God feels about it. So your man of God is sent to bring you increase. Now it says, I'll give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And it shall come to pass when ye be multiplied and increase in the land. What he's saying is that when you encounter men of God, when pastors come into your life, the next thing that happens is what? Increase and multiplication. Wow. Hallelujah. Increase and multiplication. That's the value of pastors and men of God in your life. Now, let's look at some examples in the Bible. Those who encountered men of God and then what happened in their life. For example, there was a woman in Shunem called the Shunammite woman. This second Kings chapter 4, verse 8 to 37. The Bible said, she used to see a certain man of God coming her way. Like the way every Sunday you see me coming your way. Every Sunday I come your way. Or you come my way. Any which ways. There's, there's a, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's a way somewhere. 
But I come your way often these days. What do you think? It's powerful. I come your way often these days. I'm beginning to recognize some faces. I'm beginning to, you know, I'm beginning to know you. Because there is a way somewhere. The Bible said, the woman said, I perceive. That's the holy man of God. That's what the woman in Shunem said. The Bible said, this woman was wealthy, very successful, very influential. But she said, I perceive. That's a holy man of God. And then she said, let me make a room for him in my house. Let me put a bed there, a table there, a lamp there. Let him come and stay in my house. But there were many people who saw this man of God. I'm sure that some people just saw the man of God, Prophet Elisha, and said, look at, look at that guy. He won't find a work to do. Some people also said, every day is walking about, walking about, walking about. But one person with the right perception of a man of God said, that's the holy man of God. Come to me. And the Bible says that the woman had money and everything, but she didn't have a child. But when she hosted the man of God, fed the man of God, gave accommodation, I'm teaching you the code of honor, which leads to increase. The Bible says through that encounter, the following year, she had a child. Increase. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever is lacking in your life, may God release it to you in Amen. Jesus' name. There's also Naaman the leper. When God wanted to heal Naaman, God directed Naaman to a prophet. And by the direction of the prophet, Naaman became free. Whatever is tormenting you, may God lose you in Jesus' Amen. name. Now, who deserves your honor? Number one, the man God has sent to you deserves your honor. First Corinthians 3, 5. He says, who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? He says, they are ministers by whom ye believe. If someone is ministering to you, you must believe the person. He says, even as the Lord gave to every man. So God has given everyone a certain man of God. And you must be able to recognize that this person has been given to me. Praise the Lord Jesus. Now, when you recognize someone that is sent to you, you need to honor the person. Number two, you honor the one who teaches you the word of God. 1 Timothy 5, 17. The one who teaches you what? The word of God. Yesterday, I had a meeting with some, some of my leaders. And I was sharing this word with them. Some of the pastors were going to preach in the other churches. We're having about 33 services right now in different locations. Yeah. 33 churches in five years. That's, that's a blessing. It's a blessing. And as I finish this teaching, someone, one of the leaders of one of the churches sent me a message and said, thank you so much man of God. Thank you so much. I didn't know this. I've been a Christian most of my life. I never knew. Nobody taught me this. And I've seen where I missed it. I've seen where I missed it. So anyone that teaches you the word of God deserves honor. Are you following the teaching? First Timothy 5 17. 
He says, the elders who direct the affairs of the church, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well, are worthy of double honor. <laughs> they are worthy of double words. They direct the affairs of the church well. Especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. So preaching and teaching is what? Work. Hallelujah. And everybody that works needs to be appreciated and honored. That's the code that leads to blessing. Now, let's go on. Anna provokes manifestation. Write it down. Anna provokes manifestation. God's manifestation in your life, the supernatural manifestation in your life, like blessing and so on and so forth, it doesn't just come. It needs to be provoked. There's something that triggers blessings in our life. There's something that triggers favor in our life. Now, Jesus Christ brought many manifestations into the world. But church, listen to me. The lowest manifestation of Jesus Christ in terms of his anointing was the lowest was when he was dishonored. Mark chapter 6 verse 1 to 6. Mark chapter 6 verse 1 to 6. The Bible says Jesus left and went to his hometown. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked. What is wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Isn't this a carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son? The brother James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town. Among his relatives and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there. Except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. So he left there. Because his lowest manifestation was in a place where he was not honored. Is that not Jesus? Is it not a man like us? You know, sometimes people say, Is it, why, do you, why do you make it look like pastors are, are, are human beings more than us? You see, that's dishonor. They did it to Jesus. Is that not Joseph's son? Is that not Mary's son? Is it not one of us? Is it not the carpenter's son? Hallelujah. And Bible says Jesus could not do any miracle. So the lowest expression of his manifestation was when he was dishonored. Also, Jesus' highest expression of the anointing on his life was when he was honored. This is in John chapter 11 verse 1 to 3. Bible says Lazarus was sick. But the Bible lets us understand that Jesus used to eat in the, in the house of Lazarus. Mary and Martha were the sisters of Lazarus. Now, when they sent a message to Jesus that Lazarus is dead, Bible says that he delayed a little bit, and then he came. And when he came, he told them, "Roll the stone." And Jesus said, "Lazarus, come out." And he came out of a tomb. That's a spectacular miracle. Why? Because when I went to Israel, I saw the tomb of Lazarus. You know, when we say a tomb is an L kind of thing, they dig the tomb this way. And they dig it this way. So it goes very deep this way. 
and then they dig this way. So when they lay you down this way, you can't come out because when you come out horizontally, you need to come out vertically. Are you following what I'm saying? So what makes it a miracle is that the tomb is covered on the top this way and Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus, how he came this way and then came this way to the top in rat cloth. That's what makes it a miracle. But the Bible clearly tells us that Mary and Martha used to host Jesus a lot. Used to feed him a lot. Hallelujah. So they provoke the manifestation of that miracle. So Anna has to do a value. Hallelujah. Now how do you honor? Number one, I'm, I'm doing this fast so that we can close. How do you honor? Having heard these things, it means that when you devalue a man of God, you cannot see a manifestation of God in your life. When you honor a man of God, you will see manifestation, supernatural manifestations in your life. So how do you honor? Number one, listen to the words of the one God has sent into your life. Listen to his words. Luke chapter 10 verse 39. Bible says she had a sister called Mary, talking about Martha, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. So one of the key ways to honor is listening to the words of the one that has been sent to you. A man of God has been sent to you. Listen. So one of the ways you can honor me is to go to Telegram or go to um, podcast. I have messages there. I preach and I store those messages there and listen to them. It's a way to receive manifestations in your life. Number two, commit your resources to the one that God has sent into your life. Or waste your resources. I'm going to explain how. Mark chapter 14 verse 3 to 6. Bible says, while he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And he rebuked her harshly. But Jesus said, leave her alone. Say, leave her alone. Say, leave me alone. <laughs> you know, the world always has a view on how we should handle our men of God. Oh, it's too much. Why are you giving him too much? Why are you doing it? happened to Jesus. Bible said they were so angry. Why do you give such an expensive perfume to a man of God? Why? Because in those days, women were not allowed to have land, to have properties. So their properties were jewels and perfume. So to Mary, that was very priceless. Bible said a whole year's salary. A woman carried it and gave it to Jesus. And when they were complaining, they said, this is a wastage. That's what the world, that's how the world has been seeing it till date. Anything you give to the church, you give to a man of God, the world says, oh, it's wasted. But when you give money to your girlfriend to commit abortion, they say, oh, you've done very well. 
Or when you buy alcohol for your friends, it's, oh, you're a good, you're a good man. That man is a good man. Hallelujah. Now some people buy, um, they have wives, but they buy houses for their girlfriends in Dubai. And then their friends tell them, oh, that's a, that's a smart move. You are, oh, you are very smart. <laughs> but when you do something for a man of God, they put, oh, it's a waste. Why don't you rather give it to the poor? That's how demons operate. Demons hate anything that comes from God. Hallelujah. And one of the people that led that kind of statement is Judas. Bible says from, from that place, Judas went to sell Jesus Christ. It was from that meeting that he went. He was so angry. Why, why do you give this thing to the man of I'm angry, I'm going to sell him. That's, he went to sell him and Jesus was killed. So anybody that thinks there's a problem with honoring a man of God has a Judas spirit. Ish. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell, tell your neighbor, don't have a Judas spirit. <laughs> so learn to give to men of God. When I was a student, I was giving. I mean, we, I have not gotten here because I just read the Bible. I apply the, I've applied the honor code all my life since I became a, a Christian. And then three, respect the people he sends to you. The man of God will send people to you. You must respect them. That's a way to honor. Philippians 2, 12, it says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Let me tell you something. Your young people, you must learn the code of honor quickly, particularly concerning men of God or the man God sends your way. If you, if you want to see supernatural manifestations in your life, the Bible says that the race is not to the swift, the bat, neither the battle for the strong, or bread for men of understanding, but time and chance happen to them all. There are things that will happen in your life. Your intelligence cannot acquire it. Your money cannot acquire it. These are supernatural manifestations based on how you use the Anna code. When I was in the university, my university was in KNUST in Kumasi. That's many years ago. I completed university in 2010, 2009. That's when I completed university, 2009. Amen. That's a long time ago. A man of God came to the campus. He was preaching. He was talking about giving. Anna. You know, at that time, my total worth, net worth. You know, Forbes list, they have net worth. <laughs> At that time, they tried to put me there in the Forbes list. I'll be one of the poorest people in the world. <laughs> My total net worth was 100 Ghana City now. Those days, we used to say 1 million. The man of God was preaching about giving, honoring the anointing. It was two sessions, morning session and evening session. So I went to the bank after the morning session and I emptied my account. I wanted to waste my resources on the man of God. And he said something. He said he has never rented a house before. And I told God that I want that. I want that. 
I put the money in an envelope. I came to the evening session. I laid it on the altar and I prayed. When I finished university, I did my national service. During my national service, a member of parliament gave me his five-bedroom house. That was like a full mansion with that's when I started seeing supernatural manifestation. Yeah. I did a service in a village somewhere, but there, I was living in an MP's house. I never saw the MP till I left the house. When I finished my national service, my first house, my first house, listen to me, I've not started working on. You know, when I finished school, I never worked. Me, I've never worked before. My first house was a five-bedroom house two-bedroom boys' quarters in a prime place in Accra. Come to 19, Regiment Olesi. The house is still there. Yeah. Where I'm living currently is also a five-bedroom house sitting on a two-acre property. A man just walked to my office. He said, take, take, that's, you can have it. That's why I'm living with my family now for the past five years. No rent. Is it chance? How can things happen like Three times in a row, you say it's chance. You, you have to be spiritual. It's not chance. That's it. The Anna code. So I don't joke with Anna. What do you think? Yeah, I don't joke with Anna. I don't joke with what? Anna. I don't joke. There are so many testimonies. I can't share them now because time is up. So many, everything about me is supernatural. Everything about me. I've always said that everything you have, if you work so hard for it, you are not blessed. They are blessings. Bible said, the blessing of the Lord make it rich. Blessings. Supernatural blessings. That shall be your portion in the name of Jesus. So work with the honor code. Work with what? And honor the man of God sent to you and God will prosper you.